Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. All right, Hi. we did it. We're connected. Yeah. Leah Turner, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I can just see my friends in the waiting, like in the chat, all going crazy. Sorry about that. Oh my God. No, I love it. I love Rabbit fans. That's incredible. And you have built in an insanely short amount of time an incredible following and service and everything yeah. that you're doing on LinkedIn. And we're going to get to that in a second here. But before we do that, yeah. I would love if you could introduce yourself to my audience. Tell everybody kindly who you are and what you do best. Okay. Well, it's pronounced Leah, but you Leia. <laughs> Americans always call me Leah, Princess Leah. Um, I was a small business owner that just owned a little transcription company who started poking around on LinkedIn in October, the end of October last year, with 400 connections. And um, I hid... I hid behind my business logo because I thought this doesn't belong on LinkedIn. And um, I sort of emerged from behind the curtain and, and took a shot at just being myself and thinking, well, what's the worst that can happen? And um, about two months later, I had 10,000 followers. And now we're drawing close to 50,000. And about three and a half months ago, I decided to harness what I'd learned in that time and start teaching other people how to be great at LinkedIn. And that's gone from strength to strength, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah. That's incredible. And going back to what you said in the beginning, you, you were kind of hesitant or, or scared to come out from behind the curtain because of maybe you just felt like this outward would not translate well. Like what, what was, what was your concern? Like, what was it? Was it, did you feel like, and and I don't want to get too personal. Like, but what was it? Did you feel like insecurity? Did you feel like you could be no. yourself or you didn't understand the platform? It wasn't insecurity. It's actually the same thing that people come to me all the time about when they when they come for a coaching session. They say to me, I just always think of LinkedIn as being really corporate and that it's not a place for um, people that aren't corporate. And I'm not corporate. I've never worked in the corporate world. I've worked, no, I worked um, building surveyors before I was uh, self-employed and never in sort of big companies. I didn't have to wear suits for work. I never commuted or anything like that. And I didn't earn a big salary at any point in my life. So I, I just sort of thought, you know, LinkedIn is for recruiters. It's for finding jobs. It's not for people like me with little tiny businesses um, that look alternative that just don't I wouldn't go to an interview with one of those companies with my tattoos out so I felt like it wasn't for me um but I was wrong I was really you, wrong you were wrong because people buy from people and people, people relate to people and I stand people out which people. 
<laughs> and you stand out and you stand out in a good way. And if anybody's going to judge you based on your outward appearance, that's not somebody you want to do business with anyway. Fuck them. No. It's no. not going to be your customer. So, so early on in LinkedIn, you see the traction pick up, and I applaud you for that because there, there's many different approaches on LinkedIn. I've been on this platform since 2006 on day on day one, you know, in the beginning there. But yeah. you experienced tremendous growth. Really Why? Awesome. How? How did that happen? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like at the beginning, I, I don't really know. I was wasn't really posting a lot. Um, because I wasn't really sure what to post. The same thing that everybody says to me, I don't really know what to post. And I just watched what other people were posting and talking about. And I really got involved commenting lots on other people's content and getting involved in conversations and getting familiar with certain crowds of people and actually looking forward to logging onto LinkedIn and finding that I was having really lovely conversations and becoming friends with people. And I realized that LinkedIn isn't just about business opportunities and job hunting. It's actually building friendships and communities with people that support each other. And I genuinely, I, I'm a bit of a social media queen. I love like Instagram and Facebook. I don't deal with Twitter because just. It's um, accessible. <laughs> it really is. And it all just moves a bit too fast for me. But LinkedIn is such a supportive place. And I have met genuine friends off LinkedIn that I've known for six or more months and they're people that will go out of their way to help me and support me and encourage me and I do the same back to them and I'm suddenly being able to access people like me because I've never been around other entrepreneurs because I've been self-employed in a job where I sit at home on my own with a pair of headphones on all day I haven't encountered a lot of other business people and suddenly i've got a whole world of them in front of me and they all want to know me and i want to learn from them and and it's been yeah life-changing it has been life-changing and linkedin's a fantastic platform and i want to get one thing out of the way here right and there is that dark side of linkedin and we see it all over the place and there's a lot of asshole creepers garbage people on linkedin and i'm and i'm only assuming here i'm only assuming here that you've gotten your fair share of I had my biggest viral post was and, because and somebody was inappropriate to me. And I'm sure you get your fair share. So I want to get this one question out of the way and move on. How do you re- how do you react to that, and how do you handle it? I don't like it. I don't want comments on my appearance on LinkedIn. I don't want messages commenting on the way I look because that's not why I'm on LinkedIn. Right. Um, don't care if you like my tattoos or not because I tell I'm you what I'm asking about your opinion when you know, <laughs> I get people all the time like, oh, I don't normally like tattoos on women, but yours are quite nice. Or I really like your ink. Like it's nice, cool, but I don't really care because it's mine and your opinion doesn't really matter because whether you like it or not, it's still on me forever. So yeah, you didn't get ta- we didn't get tattoos for other people. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> right? if you do, it's stupid. It's a bill, unless you're p- paying me to put a billboard on you. I mean, that's that's not what's happening there. And and and, and, and it's, really, it's really a shame, right? I mean, it's really a shame across any social media channels, right? That people just can't be good human beings, and 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 it's and it's fucking shitty, and it's a reflection yeah. on them. And I actually think it's great when people name and shame folks because it's wrong and it shouldn't be happening on this platform here. And so yeah. let's get let's get back to the good stuff. Um, I I, I follow you and I do a passively and i also do it engaging wise and and i like to see how you engage with your followers and your fans and, and it's absolutely been tremendous to to see there so 
prior to shifting into the LinkedIn coaching and engagement, tell us a little bit about your business. So I run a transcription business. So um, I work for doctors and uh, lawyers and psychologists and all sorts of different people. Anybody who's got an audio file that they need turning into a transcript. So HR hearings, uh, disciplinaries, interviews, so many interviews I do. uh, And I love them. It's really diverse. It's really interesting. But obviously, I don't have as much time now to do it. So I've got this incredible um, assistant, Naomi, and a couple of other ladies that help me as well. And Naomi's basically been an absolute godsend. She's taking over a lot of the transcription now. Um, it's called scaling. So, it's called being an entrepreneur. It's yeah. one of the first lessons of so being a business owner. For me as yeah. well, really like crucial at the moment because there's I'm I'm a single mum, and I'm not a single mum. I'm an only parent. Uh, so my little boy is just about to turn five and start school. And of course, I'm now running sort of two businesses effectively. They're right. under one umbrella, but effectively two separate businesses. And all of the things that go with being a parent as well and running a household and my bonkers little dog that's always running around. I hear you. Family all over the country. Um, so it's it's tricky to juggle it all. It's amazing. Like, I wouldn't but change it. You. But, yeah, it's um, it's tough. But It is. It is. And Chris, so let's talk about that decision. Was it like kind of trial and error to say, hey, I'm going to take a stab at, at LinkedIn coaching and and, and or – <laughs> did people come to you first and ask for it? Was it the chicken or the it, egg? It was It was kind of a bit of both. So I'd had a few people say to me, oh, my God, how do you get so many followers so quickly? What is it you're doing? How do you get so much engagement? And I yeah. said, I gave them advice. I spent a bit of time on the phone. And one of them said to me, well, why don't you do this? And I thought, well, there's a few other people that do it. And actually, I one know loads of what they're teaching. and I'm. I'm picking up all this stuff that I'm learning. I'm not just learning from my own posts, but I'm learning from watching what does well with other people. And I just sort of made mental notes about it all and started absorbing it saying, well, this works really well. And this way of interacting works well. And and these are the the logical things that you can do to help. Um, And I sort of wrote it all down and I went, I could probably charge money for this. So I floated the idea with, with my audience, with my sort of following and, a few people said, yeah, we'd love to. So I offered one of them a free session and said, what did you think? Yeah, I said, well, what did you think? Do you think I know enough that I can charge money for this? And he said, yeah, yeah, you do. I think you need a bit more structure in it. And I said, okay, it's fine. Um, and he gave me some constructive feedback. And I just started offering um, offering it for, it was £99, that sort of cliche number um, that we all use. But then... <laughs> But then um, after doing about 10 sessions, I got told off by several of my coaching clients and they said, you're not charging enough. Stop thinking about the value product. Mm-hmm. about the product that you're you're giving them all this knowledge. That's worth way more than 99 pounds. So I just went, ah, fuck it and doubled it. Good on <laughs> and, you. And no one, and no one flinched, right? No one flinched, no. Uh, the, the other piece is just to interject quickly, right? Here, just to interject quickly when it comes to coaching and everything too. What you set your price for also determines how much skin in the game that the client is going to have. And I know this firsthand. I have an executive coach that is on paper extremely expensive and he's worth every penny. At the same point, it's also accountability, knowing that I'm going to make my investment, both my time and my money into this, and I'm going to yeah. give it my all. If he charged me freaking 50 bucks, you think I give a fuck about what I'm doing there? I wouldn't give a shit. Like, who cares? Right, but when you have genuine skin in the game, you have more of a vested interest, and you're going to take it more seriously. And realistically, 
one of my coaching sessions, if someone lands one client, one lead from LinkedIn that turns into a client, they've paid it several times over. 100%. So actually, it's really not. And one of the one of the things I pride myself on as well is that it doesn't feel like a coaching session. Um, as far as I've been told, people enjoy it. It's like sitting down with a mate. It's all very relaxed. It's all chatty. We have a good chat about them and their lives and the things, the inspirational things that have gone on for them and sort of say, you know, that's great content. You know, you, all the technical stuff is included, all the stuff I know about the algorithms and hashtags and all of that. Yeah. That's all but it's the content. It's digging into people's lives and saying, why aren't you talking about that? That's amazing. You're yeah, so let's, so let's, let's talk. Let's, let, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. And right, we'll, we'll call this a free coaching session. Listen, I know what the hell I'm doing on this platform <laughs> too. I could do this coaching thing. But let's talk to people about like, I, I think, and this is just my take, and I'd like to see, there, there's there's a lot of loud voices on LinkedIn. I consider myself one of them. And by loud, I mean, there's a small percentage of people that are actually creating and producing content versus yeah. the people that are not. And I think some people, there's a lot of barriers to it. They don't know what to say. They don't, they overthink it. They they don't know if it's going to resonate as well. They don't know how to put their own voice out there. So what's like kind of the, the first step you do with somebody that, that comes to you and is looking for coaching on how to engage, how to perform, how to do better on the platform? The first thing I tell people is to stop thinking of it as the corporate boardroom. It's not like that. And you need to forget that, put that out of your head. There are people that will still say to you, oh, it's only for applying for jobs and talking strictly business. But those people are not getting business from LinkedIn. They're not generating leads because people just look at their content and yawn and scroll past, right? It's not interesting. If you're just sales pitch, sales pitch, business post, business post, it's boring. We want to supposed to scroll over you. If you're not switching it up and keeping it fresh and engaging in edutainment, then you're going to lose them. I try to get across the idea that, so in the UK, we talk about shopping local, which means right. choosing the smaller shops just down the street rather than going to the big supermarkets, the big faceless brands, right? So you kind of want to position yourself as the local shopkeeper. You are the friendly face that people want to do business with because they know where their money's going. They see the person benefiting from your business. And if you can position yourself like that on LinkedIn, so you're talking about successes, you know, parenting wins, holidays, uh, life experiences that have challenged you that you've got over. You're telling all these people wonderful things about how determined you are. But you're also becoming a person to them. You're not just text on a screen. You're creating a bond with those people and they care and they want to see you succeed. And if you can bridge that gap, they're going to either want to do business with you or recommend you to people. And that's the thing. If you can be real, you know, the good bits and the bad bits, people care. And that's it on LinkedIn. People do care. There are dickheads. Of course, there are dickheads. There are dickheads on every platform in the world. But it's a reflection on themselves, not not you. But being making people care about you and caring back, like it's got to be two way. That's spot on. The engagement can't be a, a one way street. It cannot no. be. I mean, it may be, you know, unless you're fucking Gary Vaynerchuk out there who even engages as well, too. But these are people at a different level. You know, these yeah. are people at an absolutely different level. So, I mean, when it comes to the actual content, right? Yeah. What are some of those tactics and tips to help people find their voice? A, find their voice. And then we're going to dig into formatting a little bit. We're not going to evolve. We're not going to, you know, give all the secrets away because then I could take this video and turn it into my own 99 pound coaching session. Maybe I charge 150. I've got, just I've got a hungry four-year-old to feed. 
Yeah, right? like, I, yeah, exactly, man. I got, I got an eight-year-old and a two-year-old that are, my two-year-old is he could eat the eight-year-old under the table. I mean, it's crazy this big boy. Um, <laughs> so, content journey starting. What are some basic one-on-one starter tips? Um, you need to find the content that you have. So, one of the things that I like to recommend people do is create a mind map of who they are, and and I mean dig deep. It doesn't have to all be content. You don't have to disclose your deep, darkest secrets on LinkedIn. That is not a prerequisite for being no. successful. You don't have to be too open. No, it's about what you're comfortable with. Um, and you always, so if you have a mind map of who you are, and it can be everything, holidays that you've been on, food that you like to eat, quotes that inspire you, experiences that challenged you, mistakes that you've made, embarrassing situations that you had to overcome, all of those different things they contribute to who you are right now. And that's the person that I'm going to do business with. But more than anything, we all connect with people on things that generally aren't work-related. So I might not have anything in common with you when it comes to business and our paths can't cross. But you might, you've just said to me that you've got a small child that can eat for days. We can sit and have a whole conversation about what it's like to have a small small boy that eats and, and you can give me food tips, right? You may have you tried, if he doesn't like this food, have you tried that one? Do you like yeah. hot dogs with honey or ketchup on them, right? Let the broccoli and hide it in the pasta sauce, right? Exactly. But we can connect on something that's real to us, something that we're passionate about. So if you're only ever talking about business, you're not giving people the opportunity to connect with you on other things that they have in common with you. So if you allow people to know other things about you, you can get that connection established and then you'll go on to talk about business because you've got that rapport and it's much more natural. Absolutely. Right. Having natural organic conversations is absolutely key. And then, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the LinkedIn algorithm because there's two schools of thought here. I am conscious of it because I'm a content creator, right? Mm -hmm. And I want my, I want my content to do well. But at the yeah. same time, I don't overthink it, right? I'm not trying to hack the system. Yeah. But if you're going to play with the rules, you got to know what the rules are, right? If you're going to play a game, you, get, you have to know you have to know what the rules yeah. are. And the algorithm changes all the time, and the algorithm, for better or worse, is really you know they're, they're trying to do a good job of protecting, doing two things. They're trying to democratize and and give everyone a voice because what happens is the louder voices are heard, and that's because of the engagement. That's because of you know some of the bad shit out there, like the engagement pods that are that are moving things along there. So yeah, we have well, to. About that before, haven't we? No, I'm not. No, no. And we're not spending the time talking about it, but we're just laying the groundwork to say why it's hard for certain people who are new to the platform to have their voices heard. So, so when we talk about the platform, you know, what's some of the best ways to ensure that your voice is heard and seen? I think the biggest thing that people overlook is how important it is to get involved in commenting because when you've got your name and your headline there visible, every single time you comment on anything that appears in the news feeds of your connections, they're going to see so-and-so, Adam commented on this and this is what he said and Adam commented on this and this is what he said or Adam liked this. They're seeing your name, they're seeing your headline every single time you engage with somebody else. So you're getting that visibility and they're seeing you and what you have to say right. without you actually having to write a post. True. So it's, you don't have to be creating content. It's a lot of pressure. And I say that to the people that I coach. I say, I'm not expecting you to go out and create five pieces of great content every week. 
It's not going to happen. It's, it's going to be dieting, right? You'll and I always say this to them: you'll do three days, you'll be absolutely starving, it'll be too much, and you'll binge on a Domino's because you can't. It, it's not sustainable. So it's a gradual thing. Post a few times a week. Post some good content and go out and get involved in the conversations with other people. Absolutely. And you'll gradually start to think of more content when you're starting to be inspired by other people's content. It's testing and learning too. And and one piece I one piece of advice that I that I give and I practice all the time, I use the notes sections in my phone. Because inspiration yeah, comes in anytime and I'll just put thought starters on there. I'll put everything from a thought starter to a fully thought out post. Yeah. I might be I might be somewhere, right? I may not be my by my computer and I'll want to write it later. And sometimes I'll sit on that post for a couple of weeks because it's an evergreen piece of content. It's mm-hmm. a thought and idea. And, and one thing I want to say, like, listen, like people look at my content and, and I have been doing this for a long time and I have a podcast, which we're on now. And from this show, I'm able to generate a lot of content from that, but not everybody has these tools. So that's one piece of the repertoire, which makes it very easy for me to have a content calendar and bang out content and put up the numbers and everything. But you don't need that. No. One sure, there's a couple of things that I, that I, that I tips that I give. Um, it's very simple. If you go on your LinkedIn feed, you open it up on the PC, you can see that the top news is trending. There. There's about 10 different topics there. And I guarantee you, at least one of those topics is going to be something that you have an opinion on. You might be an expert on, you might be a thought leader on, or maybe you're just like, you know what? I got something to say on this. So there's so many things out there in the universe that are content starters. And you can also get great ideas from other people's content. And I'm not yeah. talking about stealing or plagiarizing, but you can be informed. You could say, hey, listen, I just saw something on 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 Leah's post and now I want to riff on it. Right. But give credit yeah. to them. But there's so many idea starters out there. There are tons of ideas and there's literally content in everything that you do. I've done I've written posts that are literally just comedy things about something. I posted something about a drawer that got stuck the other day and it got like 25,000 views. And I was just like literally visual representation of how my week's going because I had a bit of a chaotic week up until this point. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done today. And I posted that video. And it got loads of views. And okay, it's not strictly business related, but you know what? People have felt a way about it. It's given them a smile and it's created a little bit of a conversation. We've all had a little giggle to ourselves. Yep. (laughs) Facebook. And I wouldn't ordinarily post things like that. I do tend to keep it more inspirational. But sometimes you just want to chuck something that's a bit comedy out there, don't you? Because that's the kind of person I am. I'm not serious all the time. I don't. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that. You, I wouldn't think that you are. There's got to be another side there, right? You know, it's, there's definitely multiple sides. There really is. I'm. I'm. Everything you see on LinkedIn is the way I am, and the, of the people, there's a few people in the comments now that I have actually met in in person, and they would say the same thing. I'm, That's awesome. And 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 I think a lot of people have that trouble. I mean, but on a serious note, right? Like, I think that people. It's hard for some folks to listen. Not. It's bad advice to say that you have to go all in and be your full self, full transparency on any social media platform. I think it's important to keep certain things inside, right? Like I rarely, rarely, rarely show my kids sparingly here and there for the certain reasons. That's my decision. Other people are very out there with their families and their kids on on LinkedIn and other social platforms, but it's about finding what A is going to resonate and B, more importantly, how comfortable you are sharing that. Because the last thing you want to do is push yourself too far out of your comfort zone just for the sake of engagements or conversations. Do it because it feels right. Do it because it feels something naturally. If you feel that your audience, your network, are going to benefit something really, really um, significant from it, like I've shared stories about my my past to an extent, um, 
coming from a, a poor family, losing my father, being an only parent, and the fact that I've managed to get myself off of the welfare checks that were helping me pay my rent as a result of the LinkedIn coaching. Like I've shared all these stories, which are, I'm hoping, inspiring for people that might be in the situation I was in and can look at me and go, she did it, I can do it. And because there are women that I look at, especially women, but lots of other people as well, but generally speaking I look at these women and I'm like look at them look at how successful they are I want that I can do that because they're just like me and I want to be that for somebody else as well like paying it forward I love so it. I talk about that stuff but there's a lot of stuff I do keep back and it's I guess part of my problem at the moment that I'm I'm personally struggling with is that I've started getting recognized in public hmm. and that's something because my profile has grown through the British lockdown I've gone from sort of 10,000, 15,000 connections when lockdown happened to now verging on 50,000. And my content is seen by like 2 million people a month. Yeah, it's great. While that's great and the benefits that I'm getting are great, um, I've been approached a couple of times in public um, and twice was with my son and I felt very uncomfortable. And that's not to say I won't get used to it. Right. But and there's, there's two sides of it too, right? I don't think people know boundaries, right? I mean, you're, it's, it's, they, feel like they know me because I talk so openly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a delicate balance and there's a good and bad to that, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of cool. Like, oh, look, I'm, I'm somewhat, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn famous, right? For good reasons. But you also have to be, especially when you go into mama bear mode, right? You need to, you know, protect yeah. yourself. You don't know who these people are. Well, this like, is it. And I had to do, I had to take precautions. Like my company is limited. So I had to start using a registered address and paying to use a different address because it would otherwise be linked yeah. publicly available to where I live. Um, and I had to remove my phone number from my business website, which was always there uh, because I started getting inappropriate phone calls and messages. And when while it's all very fun, there are certain things that I now have to take into consideration being a woman alone with a child for our own safety because the, majority, the overwhelming majority of people on LinkedIn are wonderful people but there have been a few situations where I've had to um and, yeah and that's, and that's and that's just a shame and we don't wish on anybody um Leah who, who do you look up to which what women whether they be famous or whether we won't know them at all who do you look up to who inspires you at the moment, it's actually women that I do know. Um, and they've rallied around me to support me and say, I, you can do this because I'm, I've never realized that I'm a natural entrepreneur until I started coming on LinkedIn. So Alice Stevenson, who uh, founded a law firm three years ago, and she's only 38. She's got three kids and a wonderful husband. And she just up to move to Amsterdam during lockdown. And just because she just because she wanted to. <laughs> and she's running a very, very, very successful tech law firm. Um, and I look at her and I think, wow, she's goals. There's also uh, Claire Musket, who is a global keynote speaker on customer experience. She's, and she's, a lady, she is. Yeah. yeah, she is there. And there's also a lady called Claire Russell, who has, if you've not heard her story, she's done TED Talks and she has lived through so much. And she is an incredible woman that she's survived it and she's still fighting and she's incredibly successful as well awesome. and I just look at those women and I think you know obviously I should be saying the standard my mum my mum is very inspiring she's an incredibly strong woman but she's not a career woman so when it comes to career uh, those three women are like 
my goals and they're women regularly so i'm gonna link them up too if anybody wants to check them out um leah what's what's been the 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 toughest uh it's a two-part question the toughest struggle um that you've had in your entrepreneurship journey and what did you learn from that and and move forward oh my gosh um i said this is gonna be easy i've been doing this for a while i think it recently it's been trying to navigate starting a new business maintaining the old business during lockdown with a four-year-old at home and no access to any other childcare because the schools were shut. So that's probably been my biggest struggle. Um, And then having Naomi on side has now made that more possible and having, having so many wonderful clients that pay me and trusting me with, and giving me all these opportunities um, that's made it all possible. But yeah, definitely. I, of, navigate i had to run my business my typing business with a newborn baby all on my own from the beginning so i've kind of but a four-year-old is a whole different kettle of fish they need entertainment so that has oh my god they're they're utterly exhausting and of course when you're transcribing you need your headphones on and you need to sit and concentrate for long periods you can't with a four-year-old around so i was working at night and i'm so tired that I can't focus because you don't want them just stuck on the iPad all day at the telly. You don't want you don't want any of that, right? You you know like, be engaged. I did have to give in to that a bit, but it's it was time and place, right? Yeah, there was no. I don't have family nearby, and even if I had, they'd be shielding, and we couldn't mingle with them. So it was just me and him, and we just had to get on with it. You got through it, and hopefully, we're coming out on the other side. What's going on in the UK over there? What's the climate? Um, well, I think- where I live, where I live has is on the verge of going back into a local lockdown. Mm. Um, but we're basically just wearing masks in public places, public transport. We're all right outdoors. Schools are starting to come back now. So it's, it's a lot better, a lot better than it is in America from the sounds of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, our schools are opening up next week. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in suburban. You've been to New York? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too far from JFK airport. I mean, we could get all meta here. I'm on the South street. You can see the painting in, our, in my co-working yeah. space. I'm like right by the beach here, which is great. Uh-huh. Um, our schools are opening up next week and my daughter's eight. She's going into third grade and um, the numbers are really low and she, they're going back to a hybrid model where they're going to be in every other day. They're splitting the classes in half to have, have more room there, but it's uh, it's stressful and it, and it's scary. And, but I also believe that we need to move forward and we need to get on with our lives and, and listen, this virus isn't going away anytime soon. And we have to learn, we have to figure it out and we're all in it together and I'm confident vaccine, all that kind of shit. You know, we'll get past this. This is going to be a blip on the radar and, and hopefully our kids won't remember it. And if they do, they'll understand that it was a time that maybe uh, mommy and daddy spent a little bit more time with us and, and they'll appreciate it, which leads me to something that I love to talk about, Leah, which is oh. silver linings and silver linings are, are incredible, right? They usually come at times when things don't look so good on the outside, but there's so many amazing things that come out of it. So I would love if you could share a professional silver lining any personal silver lining that you've experienced over the last six months professionally um it's after nine years of working on my own at home isolated from the sort of working world and other people uh covid has made me realize that i need to get back out into the world because when lockdown happened i was like well it doesn't really feel that much different other than my son is at home I'm just at home all day and I'm at home all day anyway. And it made me realize that at my age now, I want to be back out into the world. 
and meeting people because LinkedIn's made me realize how much I enjoy socializing and interacting with people, but not just online. I want to do it face to face. I thrive on that. Um, awesome. Um, so that has really opened. And so obviously starting the coaching has led to doing some in-house coaching and doing group coaching in businesses as well. So that's leading me into a whole different career. It's going to get me back out into the world of people. You're passionate. I hear it. I hear it in your voice that you're excited yeah. about what you are doing. I really am. I've, and it, I've and discovered it, a passion for something and I've discovered a side of myself that I don't, I, I've never really embraced. Leah, that's brilliant. And that's brilliant. And that's a spark. And like maybe, yeah. right. And, and it doesn't, it's each person's different in their own life journey and their own career journey. For me, it was at 35. That's when I realized that I hated what I was doing and I needed to change careers and pivot. And then it wasn't until, you know, two years ago when I launched the show that it brought out this whole other passion of mine of, yeah. of, of broadcasting and, and, and doing this podcasting. And I, and I, and I applaud you for that. Um, being an only parent, um, I, I mean, I can't imagine because there's two of us and there's two kids and it's insane with two of us. And I could only relate when I'm stuck with both kids by myself for short periods of time. What is your secret trick to being a great mom? I, I don't know. My son, I'm very lucky. My little boy is exceptionally well behaved. He just always had been, has been. I think the biggest key, and I was talking about this with my friend earlier, is I don't have to discipline him very often because when I do discipline him, I am thorough, I am tough on him and I don't back down. And so he knows when I put my foot down, that's it. And I don't mean I spank him or anything like that. He just knows that he's done wrong and he goes to his room and he doesn't get his TV and he doesn't get his favourite snacks. It's all like, that's it. You've, you've overstepped the mark. And I hate doing it. We all hate doing it. Of course, but I don't Dis have to do it very often. Dis discipline, discipline is the hardest part. And you know, first, you know, again, um, thank you for for joining. Thank you for engaging. Thank yeah, you for okay. being welcoming me into your tribe, and and vice versa, introducing you to my audience. I mean, I applaud you for everything that you've been doing. I watch, right, and I see the success yeah. in a good way, not in a creepy way, in a good way. <laughs> you know. um, and it's just amazing to see people find their voices and find their stride and find their passion and just build. And I see the comments in your feed and everyone's engaged and they give a crap about each other and they're helping. And yeah. you're a tribe leader. You've built a tribe and you built a community. And that's something you should really be proud of. You should yeah, be truly know. proud of your success and everything that you have done. You are doing it the right way. You're doing it with a, an open heart and you're being empathetic. And I applaud you for that. Thank yeah. you. It's um, a pleasure. And, and, and last, and last but not least, right? Like you said it before, you've been in some dark places. You've been in some bad places in your life and you've had to pull yourself up and you have to find the strength and in everything that you do and in business and being a mom and everything, what is your North star? My son, obviously he, he's the reason for everything. I love he it. I get all teary. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and oh, I'm going to throw a curveball here. Last but not least. Okay. Tell us a funny joke. Oh, you can't do that. No, I'm not. I hate that joke. It's a stupid fucking question. We're going to go off it. Um, last but not least, give me, give me, give all of us here the yeah. best piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life. Um, don't be afraid to fuck up. Amen. <laughs> I think that's my biggest, my biggest asset is that I'm not afraid to try and go wrong because at least I tried because you don't, you'll never, you never win if you don't try. 
So that, yeah. And Turner, where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they learn more? Um, I'm on obviously all over LinkedIn. So Leah Turner, you can find me on Instagram, Leah underscore Turner underscore. And my website is stereo type.co.uk. So any of those, but you know, be prepared for lots of rude memes on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'm not PC on Instagram as I have. I, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to follow you. I'll follow, I'll follow you from my, from my professional account. Cause it's, I mean, why not? It actually doesn't really matter. Um, it's funny too. I've been, I've been playing around this week with, with Giffy's and I've been putting out one a week and I, I'm trying this new content series called the face I make. I don't know if you see me do this over the last couple of days, but I am using it as an expression of things that I hate on the platform to kind of poke fun at it. And it's so crazy because we talked about it earlier. Um, people love to laugh. They love to be, and the engagement levels on literally, I had a post of, what was it? It was, uh, you ever see the, t the movie office space? Yeah. It was a scene from office space with like one of the guys, one of the nerdy guys, and he's making like this sarcastic kind of eye roll face, literally crushing, crushing the numbers. If we look at it versus literally, a podcast I did with the global head of people from McDonald's and the, the meme face crushed it. And I'm like, what, what <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't even well, make sense sometimes. Post ever was about me not realizing that I've been watering an artificial plant. <laughs> and I'm just, it stays <laughs> so green. Like, I must be doing something right. Like three quarters of a million people saw it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Leah Turner, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Hang with me for one moment as I sign off my show today. I want to chat for a quick second here. Um, everybody new to the to the podcast over across the pond there. Uh, I see a bunch of you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to connecting with you in my tribe. Definitely check out the podcast if you have not. Um, yeah, we're coming up on a holiday week here. So I'm actually taking this week off from putting out a new show, but there will be a fresh piece of content up on the site, the podcast over the weekend. It's going to be the audio version of my conversation from about a month back with my man, Marcus Glover, about racism in America. Real serious fucking shit we got into um, on that show, the opposite of this conversation right here. But it's important that'll be up. And then we'll be back with the, uh, the final stretch going into episode 100 of the show. I got episode 98 with Jeff Wall talking about the future of work, followed by episode 99 with the former governor of the state of New York, uh, David Patterson, and working on episode 100. Who's it going to be? It's going to be a big one. Uh, everyone in the U.S. have a great holiday week. Take care of each other. Everyone across the world, wash your hands. Keep six <laughs> feet apart. Wear your face mask. Look out for your fellow men and women and be good. And catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. To join the conversation, search The Podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepodcast.com. <laughs>